Hey, 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 folks, welcome back. Another great episode zooming in from Canada's capital, beautiful Ottawa, Ontario. We've got a young and upcoming real estate entrepreneur, Olivia Greenberg. She's on Zoom with us. So welcome to the show, Olivia. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. I'm pleased to have you. And I believe this might be your very first podcast interview. So it's an honor to have you on the show. Thanks so much. Hey, so tell us a little bit about Olivia. Tell us about what you're up to um, and what kind of sparked your interest in real estate investing at a young age. Yeah. So um, born and raised in Ottawa, been here my whole life. I I guess this whole thing kind of started when COVID hit. Um, 2020, COVID hit. It was quarantine. I was working in the restaurant industry. I lost my job. Wow. Yeah. That's like tough. everybody, like most everybody people did. did. Um, the service industry. And I knew like service industry was not where I was going to be in my future, but I knew, I knew that I had a greater purpose and I didn't know what that was yet. Yeah. And so essentially I was looking around for jobs. Um, sales is kind of my background. So I ended up getting um, a sales job that I'm in right now. Nice. So right now I'm an account executive. Um, for an IT consulting firm. So, so just, just to jump in on there for a second, Olivia. So sales is your background. You're working in service industry. Did you study sales or marketing or business went, school or something? I went to Queens for psychology. So I guess okay. psychology and sales have, Oh, did you as well? Okay. Well, not Queens, but uh, and, and a few years before you did, but yeah, my, my <laughs> bachelor's degree, which I call my basically asinine degree is in psychology. Okay. I love that. So I feel like you can't go wrong with psychology, but I honestly didn't know what I wanted to do. And psychology was an arts degree and um, I wanted to go to a reputable uh, university. So I did. Yeah. Um, and then I graduated in 2019. So right, right before COVID, then you started working and you lost the job. Yeah. That's lost that, the job. Yeah. yeah. So my dad was always into investing. Okay. And uh, mostly stocks. And he said, now is the time to buy. And I didn't, I mean, I understood kind of the, the high level reason of why now is the time to buy. Everything's on sale, so to speak. So I started investing in stocks. And that was, again, that was in 2020 when COVID hit. And it was really, it started to really intrigue me because I started actually seeing returns. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm a very low risk stock investor, long-term holder. Um, but it was, it was really intriguing me. So I started reading value investing books. I started listening to podcasts like bigger pockets, um, Robert Kaisaki's podcast as well. Mm -hmm. Everybody was saying the same thing. Real estate is the key to financial freedom. Real estate hedges against inflation. Like there's so many, so many benefits to it and everything clicked in my head. I thought, okay, you know, I, I know I have a great education. I could, you know, do a lot with that. But it wasn't giving me the kind of purpose that I was always seeking. And everything in that moment then clicked. And I said, okay, I actually think this might be my purpose because it's going to create the life that I've always wanted. And it's going to create financial freedom. So that's how I got into, that's just the beginning of how I got into investing. <laughs> well, that's uh, very well spoken. So Olivia, what was the first real estate deal? So it's an SDU conversion. Which means um, what for folks that aren't familiar with those acronyms? 
secondary dwelling unit. Okay. So essentially what I did was I knew that I wanted to get my feet wet in a way that I could buy a property and force the appreciation enough where I can take out the equity and then pay back my investors because I didn't use any of my own money for this purchase. It was all just through passive investors. And I knew that I wanted to get their money back before I could start seeing my own returns. So what kind of a secondary dwelling unit are you building on this property or have you built on this property? Yeah. So um, it's actually almost finished right now. So I purchased nice. it. Uh, we closed end of April of this year. And so we're filming this 2023. So that's yeah. the time frame. Yeah. So it's a bungalow mm -hmm. and the basement essentially is about a thousand square feet and it's perfectly set up to be turned into its own separate legal unit. It has its own separate entrance into the backyard. Um, and it's just, it's just perfectly situated where it is. So yes. I thought, okay, on the surface, it seemed like a great investment. I ran the numbers, the numbers made sense. Is this and close then, to Ottawa? Is this in Ottawa? It, where yeah, it's in Ottawa. It's actually about a 10 minute drive from the international airport here. So okay. it's actually in a really good location and there's a lot of new development in the area. So it's great. Good, 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 good. Yeah. All right. So basically what you're doing, and correct me if I'm wrong, is you're you're endeavoring to do a perfect burr, right? So you want to buy the property, renovate it, in this case, put in a secondary suite, refinance yeah. it, and pull out your investor's okay. capital. Is that correct? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, to find perfect burr, I mean, I don't... Wow. <laughs> you, ideally you want to get all of their money yeah, out I mean, with the refi it's not right? going to i don't think it's going to be in, in one refi given our uh the state current, of our economy current, right now yeah our current mortgage and, and uh, interest rate situation yeah, yeah. super yeah. fun yeah <laughs> <laughs> hey you know what but you're learning at a good time right because oh yeah yeah make, making things work when things are challenging uh, makes it so much easier when they're not exactly that's that was exactly my mindset and I, I always love hearing this quote. It's um, you're, you're marrying the purchase price, but you're dating the rate. So I, I knew that the purchase price, you make your money on the buy, right? So the purchase price is what matters the most. Your rate, your interest rate, you can change um, on, on the refi or on the, re on renewing your mortgage. So that was kind of my mindset going into it. Yeah. Well, you can change within reason, right? So, okay, cool. Well, I'm fascinated by this, Olivia, because you mentioned that, well, first of all, you're you're pretty young. I, I believe you're 24 at the time that we're recording 24. this. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. Geez, you make me feel old. That's that's how old my daughter is, is 24 years old. So that's, that is great. And you got investors on board, passive investors on board with your very first deal. So a lot of people have a challenge with that, Olivia. How did you go about finding these investors for your very first deal? Yeah, so this actually all this real estate journey started um, last year in 2022 of June when mm -hmm. I actually found my first mentor slash coach, mm -hmm. and they had been doing flips for about four or five years with none of their own money, and. I mean, I, I didn't understand that at the time. Like, how can you, like, how does that work? Yep. So I just, it's all about creating relationships mm -hmm. and it's not, it's all about who, you know. And so I just literally dove headfirst into networking events and, 
you know, you can't just ask someone up front, hey, I have a good investment. Do you want to invest? Do you want your returns to be better than your RSPs? It's like you need to create a relationship with people and people need to trust you and like you as a person. Again, we're, we're in psychology, so we understand that. Yeah. But it all really started there. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I started telling people, hey, I'm a real estate investor. Hey, I'm a real estate investor. Even though technically I hadn't had my first property yet, I still identified as one. I was mm-hmm. I was educating myself and putting myself in the right rooms with the right people. And I think that's what matters the most. And when it came down to having this property under contract, which by the way, was for five business days. Wow. I had almost you, had to no remove, you have to remove subjects in five business days. Is that what I'm understanding? Yes, because it's a residential purchase and yeah. it wasn't commercial. So I had five business days while I was skiing in Vermont. <laughs> you basically great timing to basically create my investor package, which I also had no experience doing before. Yeah. So I created my investor package and I circulated it to as many people as I possibly could that I had networked with for a year prior to that. Right. It was a buildup. Right. Yeah. 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 Smart. So, okay. So you, so without giving names or anything like that, how many how much capital did you need to raise for this deal? Yeah. You know, how much was towards down payment? How much was towards renovations? And who were the people that decided to give you a chance, even though you had no track record? Yeah. So essentially the down payment was $145,000. So I I was putting 25% down and the purchase price was $580,000. Yeah. And then I had to raise $150,000 on top of that for my purchase costs or my closing costs, my holding costs and my renovations. Yeah. So what did what did that look like as far as investors are concerned? How many people all together? Yep. And who are these folks without giving away names, but where, yeah. where did you connect with these people? So um, there were two investors and so basically one for the down payment, one for the other costs. Is that kind of how that's it correct? Out? So one, so one was essentially on title with me as a qualifying partner. Okay. good. And they also had, um, provided the down payment mm-hmm. and then, and then the other individual was, um, essentially providing everything else was not on title, was not a guarantor or anything like that. So um, how are they secured? The second people, the second investor. So we have a JV agreement. No, the second investor. Uh, so it, it's a joint. It's just a. Oh, a joint, it is. A, it's a joint venture agreement with the it's second. It's a joint investor. venture. Ingre- yeah. So. So you have one uh, with the first investor, as your equity partner, and then a second joint venture agreement with the. Debt so. Partners, or how does that work? So yeah, so they're actually all we're all we all have equity in the property. Got it. All three. It's so a it's three-way just a, thing. It's Got a three-way it. joint venture agreement. Yeah. Nice. Now, Olivia, these these folks, were they people that you knew prior to networking or were these folks that came so, through your networking? Yeah. So these are actually my family members that. Nice. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, they they knew that I was getting into real estate a year prior. Oh. Um, they didn't ever think they'd be involved and they both only have one primary residence. So they're not, I wouldn't say they're not as investor savvy as I am. So it did take some education. And I think that's with most people. 
today. Um, but you know what? I'm I'm sure they were impressed watching you put all of that effort in for a full year. Oh, 100%. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they were very impressed with the fact that you, yeah. this wasn't a fly by night kind of whim. 100%. Yeah. Taking it very, very seriously. And um, it's also worth saying that there were, I had about three or four other investors that weren't in my family that were also interested. Mm-hmm. However, I wanted less hands in the pot. Yeah. And the two people that I had that were interested in my family thought, let's just put our money together um and invest in this asset without having any outsider kind of come in yeah but it was nice to know that my networking had paid off because for the next deal i know who's interested i've kept in touch with them and i've just grown that network since yeah very very smart so a couple of suggestions for you olivia when it when it comes to this and and i know you're already kind of rolling with these family members Sounds like you've done a good job with the joint venture agreements. Like everything's formal. It's not just a spit and a handshake, as we say, and you've you've kind of set it up. So this is one one recommendation I always give to folks that are working with friends or family members as their first investors is to treat the whole thing as if you were working with an accredited investor, right? So if you were working with two accredited investors, you know, you're already in, in process, but up front, they would be looking for professional contracts, joint venture agreements in this in this case. They would be wanting to get their own independent legal advice about the paperwork, about the deal. Yeah. And then once you're up and going with the deal, they would be looking to have regular reporting on the progress of yeah. the property. So quarterly meetings, reports, all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. Uh, obviously, They'd be looking for regular cash flow checks once it once it gets finished, once it gets all done up. But that's that's my big recommendation. And it sounds like you're already well on your way there. Is even though they're your family members and you got all of that psychology going on, right? Treat it as if they were complete strangers and accredited investors, because number one, that'll keep things a lot clearer with the family. It'll be a lot easier to divide family time versus business time at Thanksgiving or or Christmas or whatever. So you're not always talking shop. (laughs) And then number two, it's great practice and preparation for your future joint ventures because you've already, you already know what you're doing. Like you're you're not, you're not going to be fumbling around. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. And at the end of the day, it's, it's a business and yeah, I always want to treat it as a business and I wasn't expecting family to be involved, to be honest, ever. Mm -hmm. So I was preparing myself for, you know, how I always wanted to treat it as a business, like you're saying, and as kind of an outsider who's an accredited investor. And um, they understand that I, I, this is my, this is my first deal. Right. So it's kind of nice to start out this way, but I know it's not going to be like that for the rest of the... Well, no, it's actually the perfect way to start, Olivia, because quite frankly, um, if you were working with somebody else, number one, it would be a lot harder sell for your first deal because you've got no track record or proof of concept. (laughs) Number two, you might have to be extra generous in the profit split with a stranger because 
hey, they're taking all the financial risk. On Absolutely. The Whereas yeah. family members, they're likely to give you a little bit of a break on yeah. that. So, <laughs> so I, I, I think that was the perfect way for you to get started and to leverage from that. And quite frankly, why not? I mean, if, if this works out well and your family members are happy with this, why wouldn't you continue to work with family members? You're, you're helping them to do something they cannot do or will yeah. not do on their own. And that's yeah. all the work you're putting into this. Yeah. You're getting this proof of concept. Now you can take this deal and, and point out, you know, once you get it all finished and refinanced and, and rented out, yeah. point yeah. to it and say, Hey, here's how the deals work for getting your, your next joint venture partners on board. Yeah. Another quick, quick little tip would be, sounds like you're doing a great job of laying the groundwork. What I might suggest you do with these three or four people that put up their hand and said, yeah, I could be interested is get them with a, uh, not a soft commitment, not a hard commitment, a medium commitment. And a medium commitment, I call that, is get them to sign off on an expression of interest. Right. And this is a very simple document that's not legally binding, mm -hmm. but just by the fact that they sign off on it saying, you know, I, Dave Debeau, am ready, willing, and able to invest a sum of up to $150,000 with Olivia for a real estate deal uh, anytime within the next 12 months. Just by the fact that they actually sign off on that increases the likelihood of them coming through exponentially versus just the Hey, Olivia looks really good. Yeah. Let me know when you got another deal. Yeah, of course. I mean, at the end of the it's day, it's all psychology. That's all psychology. It, it right? is. Yeah. yeah, bottom line. But I completely agree. And um, I, I can't go off somebody's word at the end of the day. I can't, I can't, you know, put all my eggs into that basket. So, yeah. But you know what? You know, if you've got, like, if you've got four people, if your average deal needs $250,000, $300,000 kind of thing, and and you've got three or four or five people and all together, if they actually came through, you had about double that amount available, then I personally would feel quite comfortable charging forward and, and starting to look at other properties and, yeah. and making offers, yeah, yeah, provided yeah. they had signed off on an expression of interest. Because I, I still I still take the flake factor into account. And, and yeah, oh, 100%. <laughs> double yeah. up that, that, that'll be safe there. Well, that yeah. is wonderful, Olivia. So moving ahead, now that you're you're in the midst of this first deal. You got it up and going. Uh, waving that realistic magic wand, what would you like to do over the next 12 months? So originally the goals that I had set last year was to buy two properties this year. So I already obviously have acquired one. Mm -hmm. And now that the construction's almost finished, I have tenants moving in. August 1st and August 15th. Nice. So one nice. in two weeks, another in another two weeks. After that, I mean, the property will be pretty much stabilized. So I'm going to start looking again. And I want to acquire a second property before 2024. Mm -hmm. um, this property is going to be somewhere between four and 10 units. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, I want to acquire multifamily. This was just to get my feet in the door to get two units under my belt. Mm -hmm. I don't really see myself buying a, a duplex, a duplex, another duplex. I, I want to keep leveling up and challenging myself and, and really just scaling up. So, so yeah, I'd say in the next 12 months to purchase at least one other property. 
uh, multifamily specifically, um, an underperforming multifamily property again, yeah. so I can again, you know, force the appreciation, um, do an equity takeout, and then move up from there again. No, that sounds great. Well, Olivia, you're off to a great start. Time flies when we're having fun. So if people want to connect with Olivia Greenberg, if you only had one place to send them, where would the, you send them to connect with you? It would be oliviagreenberg.ca. Perfect. It, yeah, it, that's easy. It has all my socials and it has a calendar to book a call with me. So Nice. Olivia, congratulations and keep up the good work. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. My pleasure. All right, everybody, take care. We'll talk to you on the next episode.